0: The Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week we'll be discussing the zone of interest, Miller's Girl, Out of Darkness, and Argyle. I'm your host, Bill George. With me today, as always, AJ Rebecca and the super producer, Craig Stanton.
1: Hello. What's going on, Bill? Hey, everybody. Bill, I'm going to be What's honest new, with you. Oh, I am so violently hungover right now that I want to die. Aj, we're, we're recording on a Thursday afternoon. Time <laughs> of
2: recording, Bill, 12, when <laughs> yeah.
1: you're unemployed every day is Saturday. So um, oh. I took a, <laughs> I took of that. Yeah, it's we're gonna put it on a t-shirt. Yeah, so I am um, I am not in a good condition, but I promise I will give uh, the two of you and all of our listeners my best. My best today, which is not best be 45 great.
2: minutes of your day. Here it comes. It's,
1: it's all there we go. can ask for. It's all we can ask for.
2: Bill, what's new with you? Craig, what's going on? Not a whole lot, same old stuff. Dog's pissing all over my house. It's great. Mm. Ooh. Is this Yeesh. a new is this a new thing she's doing? Phenomenon. It's a new it's a new fun thing that we're doing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's been a very cool and chill
1: development. Uh <laughs> she's marking her territory, but is like is it like a hey, I'm like little marks, like spotting or is she like I'm going to drain my entire bladder on your duvet cover.
2: No, she doesn't really do, like, like marking peas. She just, like, rocks massive piss. <laughs> like, Jesus she just pisses. Christ. And that's just what she does. Wild. It's going great. We love her so much.
1: If you're a dog trainer out there or have any history working with uh, rescue dogs in the, the urine department, uh, slide into the bill's dms and maybe slide we slide into the some
0: dm f- we will connect i do you put like a bell on the door my, my sister has like a bell hanging on a door and the dog hits the bell and they know to let the dog out i don't know yeah, that's advanced whole,
1: yeah. that's some advanced is that like a 300
0: right. level okay that's sorry advanced. we're still at 101 that's
1: advanced, that's
2: advanced. okay got it that's yeah. one step below asking me to go out in english <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh lord uh all right so uh I'm dealing with uh puke. Craig's dealing yep. with piss. Bill, yep. you want to hit for uh <laughs> you want to hit for the cycle?
0: I'm I'm fine over here. I'm hey, perfectly healthy. Hey, Bill's healthy. I'm doing great. Good. I am just dry guy. Continuing my uh the grind, the the road to 1000 a 1000 a reviews, trying to get there. Watching everything and every, everything and everything. TV has taken a backseat.
1: There is basically no TV watching anymore in my house. It is Cinema all day, every day. Uh, do we have a countdown for when we're going to start releasing some information around the 1K event? Soon, AJ. Okay. Very soon. Some, okay. a
0: lot. There's, the wheels are in motion. So things are in the works. Holds yep. are on credit cards. Like, we have <laughs> things happening. Wow. So make sure to follow uh, at Should I Go See It on Instagram for, uh, for updates there as well as any of our personal accounts. Love that. But yeah, live event. Coming soon. More live. To come. We're going live.
1: Uh, Bill, any movies you've watched or anything? You know, I feel weird asking this question because, like, I know you watch things yeah. because we do, you know, the Should I Go See it segment. Yeah. But any, well, there's like...
0: A, yeah, there's, there's one that I, I kind of squeezed
1: in there that's not a new release uh, okay, that I did I watch it.
0: called uh, You Hurt My Feelings mm. with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. This was from, like, a year ago, I think. A uh, little comedy. And it was good. It was enjoyable. Louis Dreyfus, phenomenal as always, and she plays a writer. And she overhears like her husband, who's uh, from Game of Thrones. Uh, I forget his actual name. Anyway, he tells her how much he, you know, loves her writing. He reads drafts of her books and like gives her positive reinforcement. But then she overhears him talking to a friend saying he didn't really like the new book. Oh no! And then, so then like she starts to spiral. <laughs> Uh, and it's a you know it's about communication and marriage and relationships. It's comedy about comedy drama, dramedy about those things. And it got a bunch of great reviews. It's like 90 minutes long. And I finally got around to watching it. And I really enjoyed it. So You Hurt My Feelings is on Xfinity Streaming, I believe, how I saw it. So, yeah, recommend.
1: Okay. Uh, I watched a movie. I watched uh, one of your favorites. Yep. The Prestige. Mm-hmm. A classic from two thousand six, maybe Nolan's best movie, potentially. God is it so good. Uh I hadn't watched it in forever, probably over a decade. Uh put that on uh one morning and still still hits really hard. It still works. It still works. And uh I think we were talking about, we were briefly talking about before we recorded. Um it's the simple things that are the hardest things to do. Like yeah. the whole idea of the the movie is breaking down how magic and illusions work into three parts, but like Mm -hmm. the way he expands it and blows it out and like the blast radius of all of the people that are involved in just a simple quote unquote trick or illusion is just chef's kiss. And, and the, the structure of the movie
0: essentially being the same three acts being like the movie, it's just, it's next level. And time
1: jumps, like just everything is just, Non-linear, so well but
0: easy to follow still. The performances are great. It's because of the period piece nature of it. It's timeless. You could watch it. You could put that back in theaters today. And it would still be incredible.
2: Yep. Uh, Craig. Craig, what about you? Boys. Boys, I watched some movies. What do you got? Wow. Last couple of weeks, I watched some films. Okay. Uh, I saw The Killer. Yes. Netflix movie, The Killer. Um, Fincher installment. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. I just thought it was really great. It was really good time, really fun. I wouldn't say it was overly violent. I remember you guys talking about the one fight scene with the big guy being like kind of nuts. And it was it was it was nuts, but it was like very like hand to hand nuts. It wasn't sort of uh freak out your neighbor if you're watching it on a flight type of nuts, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's not it's that. not gratuitous. It's very violence. like it's very intimate and very real and you're like, holy fuck. Yeah, visceral. But it's not over the top or grotesque or anything like that. Um so yeah, no, I thought that was super, super cool, super, super
1: good. Did you note did um, you note when I w- the thing that I brought up when after that fight when he throws that fucking spiral Molotov like sixty two <laughs> yards through the doggy door. Like it was nothing. <laughs> um
2: yeah i actually didn't love that part for a specific reason which is that i don't think it would have worked because they showed him at the grocery store buying the like ground beef and like the 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 benadryl or whatever the, the the nyquil to give to the dog but then he also bought a 40 ounce of old english and i was like oh that's interesting and then he threw the molotov cocktail and i was like doesn't that have to be like gasoline, alcohol or vodka or something? Like, I'm mm. pretty sure malt liquor is not an explosive. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I didn't even catch that. I'm not, a, I'm not a chemist. I don't. But it was a 40 of
1: old English. And I was like, I'm not so sure that would I work. was more concerned with the fucking Patrick Mahomes drop. Oh, it back. Was a dime. It yeah. Was
2: <laughs> an absolute dime. Absolute dime. So anyways, that was fun. Less fun. Uh, Was Killers of the Flower Moon Mm. And let me tell you fellas I found this movie to be Very relatable And very uh, traumatizing And I'll tell you why You might be thinking to yourself Craig I didn't realize you were a Female Native American heir to an oil fortune Being systematically murdered by white uh, uh, Settlers and you would be right I'm not any of those things However what I am Is diabetic Diabetic Oh, and when I tell you that I was not prepared when I entered into this film to watch not one but like four people die <laughs> slowly and horrifically, agonizing, from untreated deaths. early twentieth century type one diabetes. Oh, really? I was just not. I was just not ready. I was just not ready. Just get and then and then the one character who does not die from from the diabetes is being treated with insulin. You know. Like you do. Yeah. And they're just winging it. They're just freaking filling up vials, shooting shots, all sorts of different amounts. No measurements. I'm having an anxiety attack over the goddamn insulin. So... I,
1: cool movie, but boy, I didn't know that was. Warn like your a, diabetic
2: friends before going. Yeah, into that. I, I could have given you a trigger
0: warning on that one. That's my bad.
1: That's <laughs> totally on me. Can we put um? We're gonna put a pin in trigger warnings because when we talk about uh the Netflix and Bill segment, I want to bring up the idea of trigger warnings because in the latest episode of True Detective, they have one, and I want to get uh your boys' thoughts around them. Roger that. Interesting.
2: Okay. Well, anyways, I thought it was pretty cool. After uh, other than that, I thought Leo was phenomenal. Really cool. Um not even so much cameos, more just casting a lot of country singers, Jason Isbell. Fantastic. Uh, Sturgill Simpson was in it and cool. Pete Yorn was in it. Jack White was in it at the very, very end. Um, I don't know what Martin Scorsese's apparently been listening to a lot of like (laughs) modern, uh, you know, sort of singer songwritery Americana acts, but, uh, and I love Jason Isbell, but I, I, the other three I was not prepared for. When they showed up, I was like, oh, what's up, guys? Did you do it in one sitting? Yes, sir. Wow. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, didn't you also watch Bottoms? Oh, I did watch Bottoms. Yeah, we watched Bottoms. I actually watched Bottoms twice, back to back. Just did it twice, psycho. It was so, hilarious that's how good it is. and fantastic. I highly recommend it. It was very, very, very good. I think I did that like the day after we recorded last time, so it feels like a long time ago. But yes, good catch, Bottoms. Ten stars. <laughs> My favorite film
1: of last year. I'm glad you got to watch it twice in a row, which is just a what, weird. Flex. So, big
2: follow up segment for Craig. Big love that.
1: All right, Bill. AJ, right. what's in the news? All right, so uh, with uh, Kang the Conqueror actor Jonathan Majors facing potential jail time after being convicted of assault, Marvel has two ways forward with their cinematic universe. One, they can recast Kang with another actor, or two write their way out of it, and focus on a new big bad instead. Bill, if you're Kevin Foggy, what's the play? All right, so it's a a lot of talk, a lot
0: of of chit-chat about what they're going to do here. Factually, let's start with the facts. They did bring in the writer of Loki to uh, rewrite or write the next two Avengers movies, and they already changed the names of the Avengers movies to, like, code names, because they used to be called... Uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, and now they're just called like Avengers 6 and Avengers 7 or whatever. So seems like they're definitely considering the option of moving away from Kang. And thinking about the Loki writer, Loki, as much as I disliked that second season, the finale did a lot of heavy lifting for them where they could kind of use that to their advantage and lean into how Loki ended and play that up as him saving the timeline from uh, Kang. And you could kind of end that storyline there if they wanted to it would be anticlimactic given the post-credits of ant-man quantumania when like they played up this whole thing but it's not the end of the world if you kind of just let that die out so i think that's the way to go i think you got to move on i think you move on to galactus or dr doom or lean into the post marvels the marvels uh post credit scene where the x-men pop in like you can get to the x-men faster than maybe you planned to but I feel like the Majors, John the Majors thing is just too much of a like you sure, they could cast someone else and then have some throwaway comment about like, oh, this gang is so powerful, it's fucking he looks different. Whatever. Doesn't matter. You could write that out or not even mention it. You could just have a new actor in there and nobody would really care. But I just don't know. I feel like you've kinda
1: spoiled that whole it's kind of the fruit of the poison tree at this point. You know what I mean? It sucks that they already did uh, apocalypse um that X-Men last x movie? Yeah. Because you could easily be like, okay, Loki fixed the timeline, quote unquote, but he really didn't because at the end of the Marvel movie, she meets Beast, who is Kelsey Grammer, right? And it could be like, Oh shit! The timeline's fixed, but like there is a merging of universes now. Now the X Men get brought into the equation with the Avengers, and now the new big bad is you know Apocalypse, the destroyer of worlds, or whatever his title is. He is an awesome big bad, big bad from the from the comics, and they could have just leaned heavily into that. I mean, they still could, um, but Oscar Isaac, uh, his movie where he played Apocalypse, was just not the best way it sound yeah it was a really tough film
0: but those aren't i mean those are not canon so they certainly could although being back kelsey Grammer complicates that but generally speaking they're not canon so yeah they could reuse him a lot of people want dr doom badly because a new fantastic four movie is coming uh i've heard john ham's name get thrown around for dr doom which excites me very much but yeah i if i'm feige I think you pivot. I think even if it delays everything, because I think right now people could use a bit of a break, I think you pivot. The only thing coming up right now on their slate that I can remember is Madame Web, which is not even like a straight Marvel movie. It's like a Sony Marvel movie. So I think you got a little time here. You get that writer in there. You've, you change it up, and I think you got to move on. I don't think a new actor as Kang... I don't think people are invested enough in Kang to care. It's not like Thanos, uh, where they did such an amazing job building that up and people wanted to see where that went. I've never heard anybody be like, can't wait to see what happens with this Kang character. Like just that, that conversation never happens. Yeah. So I think you can move on. And that's what I would do personally.
1: Two thoughts. Back to the apocalypse. My brain is now racking and they should have called me when they were trying to figure this out. Yeah. Wasn't apocalypse like he was Egyptian or from like Jordan or something like that, right? Yes. Yep that rings true they could probably tie in moon Knight to that as well oh yeah good point you see where i'm fucking going kevin call yeah because moon Knight's like
0: it's gone essentially yeah nothing going on there Hmm. interesting Uh, the second thing is jonathan majors man what a fall from grace oh big time not great it's atrocious yeah it's bad it's bad and uh you know Obviously, this was the right move by Marvel uh, to, to fire Majors, and Majors seems like someone that desperately needs help. Uh, as a taking the emotional part away, and just think as like an audience member, it's a little bit of a bummer. We're never going to see him get to actually do his actual performance of Kang, because all we've seen are variants. We never actually got to see what he would have done with the character. So like, there's a bummer about that, but they, they made the right choice, so you got to do what you got to do.
1: I guess if he was truly a variant of... We've only seen variants. We could still see the true Kang as someone... As a different actor. As a different actor, and they could write that into it. It'd be kind of... Not sloppy. I mean, it's not a cop-out, but, like, they could do that. But, yeah, to your point, it'd still be disappointing because the dude can act. It just sucks. I mean, when they've recast in the past, like,
0: uh, Rhodes, um, War Machine, they just... Don Cheadle just showed up and everybody was like, oh, that's Rhodes now. Like, they don't really, you don't have have to say something about it. The last time I remember a movie recasting was where they said something about it was in The Matrix when the original actress that played the Oracle passed away between movies. When a different Oracle showed up in Revolutions, they kind of had like just a one-off line about her looking different because she's programmed. She can look whatever she wants. Yeah. So they kind of just like had a throwaway line. So you could do that too or you just don't address it at all. But again, if I were him, I'd move away. Okay. My take.
1: Let's talk about some movies this week in the Should I Go See It segment. We'll be uh we'll be talking about four of them. Uh the first one, um I was gonna say, like, let, let's change the the tone of the conversation, but the first movie is the zone of interest. <laughs> change
2: uh, it to something more sad.
1: Yeah, according yeah. to imdb.com, Auschwitz commandant Rudolf Haus and his wife Hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden beside the camp. Jesus fucking Christ uh bill i heard it's amazing should i go see it yeah yep you should uh it is
0: amazing it is a stunning cinematic achievement like it is remarkable and haunting uh like you know you're in for a trip when the movie comes on it's like the opening title the opening title fades away and it's just a black screen with like orchestrated music For, like, five minutes. Like, to the point where I thought something was wrong with the projector. I was like, they have you just, like, you're in in it. it. Yeah. And then the movie starts, and like you said, it's told from the perspective of an SS commandant at Auschwitz, and him and his family live just on the other side of the wall of the camp that he's in charge of, and you never go into the camp. You never actually see Auschwitz. But at the same time, it is all around you, like, the entire time. Because the movie has scenes where the family... Is having brunch in the garden and they're having conversations about dresses or whatever. And in the background, there's plumes from the furnaces like going oh, up or smoke crazy. from a train bringing in new victims. And like the background noise will be bits of screaming, sporadic gunshots. And it's never remarked upon. Like it's just the entire normal. point. The entire point of the movie is just the banality of evil. And it's like it's a show don't tell situation about these people. And like I don't want to give away too many of the little touches they throw in because like the experience is watching it, but it is just gripping and gut wrenching and it's 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 that's wild. So
2: fucked. It's I crazy know. To think about it. That's crazy. Insane. that's almost like it's almost like you know how in a movie if someone gets shot in the head, you're like, oh damn, that person got shot in the head. But if someone gets shot in like the foot, you're like, ah. Like you can like picture it like so much more because the one thing you've seen a million times and the other thing, maybe you sort of haven't, it's sort of like that where like I knew this was a movie about the something adjacent to the Holocaust because we talked about it, but knowing that, that it's just like next door and there's just the horrible sounds of awful human tragedy happening and they don't even acknowledge it is like, oh my God, shudder. I know.
0: That is what is the 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 brilliance of the of the movie because they're just the the wife is just raising her family there and they're doing their thing and it's just in the background you just hear these things like if it does not win best sound at the Academy Awards uh, there it, it will be a horrible miscarriage of justice because it absolutely does like the, the, that is the point of the movie is like the sound like that is what drives the movie and makes it work um it's it's great I mean it asks a lot of the audience. Uh, But in the best of ways, like it, it, it challenges you and, and, and makes you kind of live in it. And so you have to experience it. It's, and the performances are incredible. The, the wife, um, Hedwig, you mentioned is played by the same actress as, uh, the lead in Anatomy of a Fall, who like I had never heard of until a month ago. And now she's given two performances that have just completely blown me away. Yep, Incredible. Um, there, I mean, I could get a little nitpicky, the, 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 pacing like again you're kind of living in like a day to day thing and the pacing like after a while like it feels a little long and there's some weird d- directing flourishes that I feel like were hit or miss and I could have done without I think just the concept they have is good enough to just play it straight versus they kind of he adds in a couple things that are like a little you'll. it's hard to describe without kind of giving away part of the movie but okay. Um, but yeah again those are nitpicks overall
1: really stunning stunning movie okay wild Let's move on to Miller's Girl. According to imdb.com, a creative writing assignment yields complex results between a teacher and his talented student. Bill, should I go see it? Uh, No, no.
0: It honestly is almost worth watching just for Jenna Ortega's performance, but not quite. Uh, Like She is a bona fide star, which I know a lot of people have already noted. Um, She is magnetic in this movie. She's so good. But, you know, it's a 93-minute drama-slash-thriller about an illicit relationship between a student and a teacher. Tale as old as time. Uh, It's... But as far as, like, dark, somber indie dramas about teenage girls goes, like, there's plenty of better ones out there. Um, The cast around Ortega are kind of mediocre and they're underwritten. This is like a rare time where a longer movie would actually be beneficial because they kind of build out some of these supplemental characters at first, but then they never actually give them anywhere to go and they never follow up on certain plot threads. Like definitely cut, like left on the cutting room floor type situation, I feel like. And the whole movie is very cliche, which is not necessarily a bad thing if it were to be done well. But besides Ortega, everything just kind of feels flat. Um, and the writing style fluctuates scene to scene like sometimes it's sometimes they're talking like in a sorkin movie like like people can't don't think or talk this way and it's like but it's entertaining and then sometimes they are uninteresting and flat like it's just it's weird it just fluctuates and the southern accents also fluctuate wildly cuz they're in Tennessee i think it is And sometimes Ortega and Martin Freeman have accents, and sometimes they don't really seem to. It's just not (laughs) the best. Uh, The whole thing just kind of feels half baked. Like they needed another pass on the script, needed some more finishing touches. There's a decent movie buried in here
1: somewhere, but it's just, it doesn't come out. It's surprising you say that because we have talked uh, quite frequently over the last uh, probably year and a half, two years uh, about. Return to the tight 90-minute film. And there's been a ton that have come out. I mean, this is an hour 33. Zone of interest is uh, like a, an hour 45, you know. I think a tight 90 is great. And it's surprising to you, for you to say that you wish that it was just a little bit longer.
0: Well, yeah, either that or they needed to cut some of those side characters. Like They bit off more than they could chew with the setup, basically. Um, like They set up an entire other... A character, Ortega's friend, who's like seducing the gym teacher kind of concurrently. But then that never, they never resolve that. Like, it never goes anywhere. And it's just kind of like, okay, so what are we doing here? So, like, that's where I feel like the script needed some more work. And again, it needed more consistency because, like I said, sometimes it's written with like this elegant prose. They're very, like, they're into literature, so it feels Sorkin esque, but they're making literary references instead of pop culture references, basically. And then there's times where it's like realistic, down to earth, like crosstalk. between characters it's like all right, you gotta like pick a lane here like what what is the style we're going for with this movie interesting so Mm. yeah not a fan Um, you know maybe if you need you're desperate for something to watch or you're a big time Ortega fan you can catch it on on HBO Max or something but don't bother going to the theater
1: okay wow Bill, the next film is Out of Darkness, according to imdb.com. In the Stone Age, a gang of early humans band together in search of a new land, but when they suspect a mystical being is hunting them down, the clan uh, is forced to confront a danger they never imagined. Bill, should I go see it? No. So I saw this one as part of the AMC Screen
0: Unseen, but because it was a scary movie, they renamed it Scream Unseen. Oh. Uh, Clever. Marketing team. So I knew it was going to be a scary movie going into it, and I had already bought a ticket for this, like, the two weeks later that it would have come out. So when it started up, I was like, I I was pretty sure based on the length and the fact that it was scary and, like, when it was coming out, like, I kind of knew this was going to be the movie. And it was. And I predicted correctly. And I was very excited because I wanted to see this movie. Happy for you. And the movie has a very interesting idea, which is it takes place in 45,000 BCE or whatever. It's a prehistoric... Prehistoric survival horror movie, basically. Are there dinosaurs? No. Okay. There's not. It's just people.
2: But it's not. Wouldn't 45,000 be in the future? Yeah, that
1: was a stupid fucking question. Go, keep on going, Bill. What? Fuck you, Craig. Fuck you, Craig. <laughs> Bill, keep going. Yeah, okay. you're doing We're, great. We'll, sweetie. we'll move past that. So yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's, it has like that elevated horror feeling <laughs> as if it's an A24. <laughs> it's not an A24, but it's similar. Not a lot of dialogue. It's all subtitled because they're all using whatever language they have at the time. What's uh, the language? I don't know. Mm, okay. It's whatever they created then for themselves to communicate. I don't know. Okay. But it's, it's built, the whole movie's built on atmosphere and vibe. Like, most of the movie takes place at night by firelight. So don't watch it if you're sleepy because you will fall asleep. Um, the pacing is too slow. The reveal at the end is not compelling enough. And at the end of the day, while I appreciated the concept, the actual execution uh, was fine, but it just didn't. The movie didn't connect with me. I, I like I wanted to like it really, really bad, but it just never clicked for me.
1: Bill, can I ask you a question? Do you write reviews on IMDb? No. I'm confident you're that guy on Twitter, but now I'm also confident that you're feast mode on <laughs> IMDb. Why would I say? Well, the title is, If You're Having Trouble Sleeping, Watch This. Okay. Ready? This is the the review. I watched Out of Darkness early as part of AMC's Screen Unseen. I put early in quotes because apparently this is a 2022 movie that took two years to reach theaters. I can see why. It doesn't belong there. It belongs in the endless abyss of underwhelming and unmemorable streaming films. Wow, are you him and Zodiac from fucking Twitter? <laughs> no, I'm neither of those. Well, I think you're full of shit. I'm your okay. local
2: podcast host, Bill George. <laughs> of, of should I go see it? Fame. That is the t- the spicy version of Bill's review. If he had the benefit of anonymity,
0: yeah. I mean, they. I mean, he, he was going a little hard on that. I mean, these people worked hard on these movies. I try not to shit too hard on them, but uh, yeah, it just it didn't again, I, it was pretty well executed. I just didn't, it just didn't click with me. I just didn't connect with it. I never found myself engaged by it. Um, so yeah, I just, I can't, I can't recommend it. I think if it had a big compelling reveal at the end, like, like most of these elevated horror movies usually do, maybe it would have like snapped some things into place and would have done it for me,
1: but I felt underwhelmed as well. I want to ask you offline what the what the thing was. So I'm going to ask you when we get offline, what was the... I'm never going to watch this, but now I want to know what the, uh, the right, fucking great. We'll was. See, we'll talk later. It's, got a, it's disappointing because the movie's got a hell of a fucking tagline. Ready for this? Yeah. The dawn of man, the birth of fear. That's good. The elevator pitch for the movie's
0: great. Prehistoric survival horror. It's a great idea. Uh, they just didn't really uh, stick the landing on it. They should have took a page from uh, The Predator... Yes. Yeah. If you're going to watch a movie like this, definitely watch Prey on Hulu instead. And that should have been in theaters. And instead, this was. Yeah. Keep going. Get all that hate
1: out. (laughs) No. I'll Um, I'll save that for you for later. Last film is Argyle. Mm -mm. Yeah. Argyle. According to IMDB.com. A reclusive author who writes espionage novels about a secret agent in a global spy syndicate realizes the plot of the new book she's writing starts to mirror real-world events in real time. Bill Stranger than fiction? Should I go see it?
0: No. Also, can we go back to Craig saying Argyle like he's on like he's in Southie? Is that what you're just saying? <laughs> Argyle. Argyle. Uh no, it's 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 a no for me, but I don't Wanna throw the baby out with the bathwater entirely because I do want to say I genuinely loved the first hour. Oh. Like, I thought it was fun, I thought it was clever, it was creative, a lot of great ideas. Uh, but this movie's like fucking two and a half hours long, and oh my god, does it get exhausting and just overstay its welcome? Two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah. So it's about a writer of a spy novel getting sucked into the spy world that she thinks is fabric that she fabricated but it turns out it's real or is it there's a lot of unreliable narrator stuff and like twists and turns yeah and some of the twists were too much uh but some of the twists were pretty funny and and smart uh all the actors are totally game for it like cavill is hysterical basically playing like himself essentially like an over-the-top cliche spy um brian cranston is act- is great in it he's so good as like the big bad but the issue is that all the dumb fun that they do in the first hour just by the end becomes dumb. <laughs> like, yeah. 45 minutes too long, at least. Yeah, but Kingsman was like that. I agree. I, I have mixed feelings about Kingsman, but it was enough enough there for Kingsman to give it a yes. Also, Kingsman had the church fight, which is one of the best fight scenes of the last 10 years.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: The action in this movie, there's a couple good scenes, but none of them are, are and some are, like, bad. But there's nothing like the Kingsman quality in action. So if you don't have that balancing out, the dumbness, then it, it hurts it overall. Um, like, it might be worth watching at home if you can stretch your legs and grab a snack, but sitting through it was exhausting by the end, to be honest.
1: Wow. How did, uh, how did our girl do Lipa do? Oh, yeah. Uh, what, you saw, what you saw
0: her in in the trailer is the only thing she's in. She has, like, a couple more lines, oh. lines than that, but very little. She's fine. She's good. Again, all the actors are pretty good. Sam Rockwell, especially, is kind of a standout. Um, and Bryce Dallas Howard, for the first part of the movie, uh, when she's kind of playing the, like, the writer getting sucked into it and, and is exasperated the whole time, being confused, um, she's good. She's like an audience surrogate, and it's fun. But there's more to that character as it goes on, and she's okay. The I don't again the whole movie is built on all these twists and turns so I don't want to get like super deep into it some of them are predictable some are not it's it's a lot it's a lot there's a lot going on here when you're talking about a two hour and twenty minute Matthew Vaughn style action comedy that is just like nonstop interesting
1: uh, I read a funny thing well I guess funny is relative. Um... So the budget for this film was uh 200 million dollars. Not not a small amount. The opening weekend was 17 million, which is awful. And that 17 million apparently didn't even cover Henry Cavill's uh <laughs> rate uh, payroll. Yeah, his basically his rate for the film. That's, that's tough. So they are just sucking cash right now.
0: I mean, they might find again, it- they'll they'll might find an audience streaming to a degree make some of it back but it's um it's tough it's tough because again i like a lot of the concepts but it's it's 90 minutes of ideas that they somehow make two hours and 20 minutes like they could have made this a lean and mean action comedy and it could have been really really successful i just think they tried to do too much they just it was it's a lot it's a lot of movie
1: um, okay, well let's uh, let's go to uh, Netflix and Bill and talk about all the wonderful things on TV we've been watching. Can I go first? Thank you. I have been watching two things on HBO. The first we talked about, I think, both last week. Uh, I'm rewatching The Sopranos. Bill, for the love of God, I need you to do a rewatch because you haven't watched it since it was live on air, and I need I need you to go back and watch it. I told I need you.
0: To. I told you. TV. Back seat. Let me get through the thousandth review, and then
2: we'll talk about TV. This is a post sixty one k endeavor.
0: Yes,
1: but I'll get there.
2: Uh,
1: okay. Well, it's fucking amazing, and it's the best TV show that's ever been on and will ever be on. I,
0: I, I. Best is a, is a is debatable, but I would say it is the most important show in terms of history of television in terms of changing.
1: The direction of television. I'll take it. The second thing I've been watching is True Detective season four. And my God, this has some of the worst writing I have seen in a very, 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 very long time.
0: I have not watched the most recent one. I told you I was I was bailing because it was not keeping my interest. So I can't speak with specificity on the latest one, but I I didn't I agree in the sense that I didn't like it enough to keep watching. So clearly I'm in
1: the same boat. Okay, just so let me go off for a second. Go ahead. How is there no script supervisor or even someone in the editing bay that's like, this This doesn't work. Like, this clearly doesn't fucking work. That's your job. Your job is to make it work, and no one's making it work. All this show is is a phone call, a drone shot of just right. Alaska at night, which you can't see anything. It's just fucking grain. And then... um they cut to a problem. They don't finish the problem or find a solution to the problem. There's another phone call. And then it just rinse and fucking repeat. Every single fucking week. Yeah. I know. That's why that's why I stopped watching. How dumb are you? How dumb are you, <laughs> HBO? You're dumb.
0: You're dumb. It's not it's not working. And it's and it's a it's a criminal waste of talent with
1: Jodie Foster in the lead. And then and then back to the point that I made earlier, put, put a pin in it for trigger warnings. There's a character that has like clearly ongoing mental issues throughout the entire season. And then the beginning of this episode, sorry, spoiler alert, they put a fucking trigger warning that says this episode contains depictions of suicide, like trigger warning. So like before the show even rolled, I knew the character was going to kill herself. Yeah, that's a good point. Which is I, I get like, I get it. I understand. But like. You just spoiled basically the, spoil the show. You basically told the, the enti- you spoil the entire episode within 15 seconds of the fucking Max logo being on the TV. Mm. I feel like the warning itself is not the issue, it's the timing of it. I feel like they
0: need to put that th- every episode. Like if it's part of if it's a part of the if it's going to be
1: a part of the season. Yeah, yeah,
2: front of every episode.
1: Do it the entire season. Yep. Yeah. Uh- Put it in the description of every single, uh, like a byline at the end of every single right. synopsis for each episode. Warning: This might contain uh, images or depictions. Of mental I feel like that was suicide, one
0: of those haunting of Hill House. I think that show. I feel like there was a warning before every episode about it dealing with that type of issue. I forget, but yeah, if you do it before all of them, then you're you, yeah, it's not there's no spoilers.
1: But man, it's bad, and even the creator Nick. Pizzolato, I think his name is the creator of the first season. Of, Trud- of yeah one on a rant too, and he was like, "This is the dumbest shit I've fucking ever seen," <laughs> and you ruined, you've ruined my, you've ruined my baby. Yeah, I heard that he was not a a huge fan of season four. I'm just I'm just angry. I had so much hype and so many expectations for this, and it's just not good. It's just not good. I was stoked
0: for it. I was stoked for Jodie Foster. I thought the the. Constant darkness of Alaska was a great setting for this type of show. Like I was, I was excited for it as well, but it just it never, never worked for me. I found myself watching it and just not caring at all. So that's why I
1: stopped watching. Are you gonna now hate watch the rest of it to finish it out? No, I'm I'm gonna fucking hate watching the entire thing until it's done. (laughs) It just got good. It just the the last thirty seconds of the the most recent episode, um, not the one that. They're doing uh, because Super Bowl is on Sunday. They're actually releasing this week's episode on Friday before, so there's no interference. I heard that. Um, they kind of started like to put all the knots to you know tie everything together, and it's like you probably could have done that at the end of episode one to start like you know like yeah, bringing in some stuff and some making your brain work, but they don't.
0: Well, I'm sorry you feel that
1: way, Jay. <laughs> what have you been? What have you been watching?
0: Uh, I watched a bunch of Netflix original movies. And documentaries. One is called Nowhere, which again as far as elevator pitches go is pretty good. The a uh, pregnant woman and her husband are trying to escape oppression and they're kinda getting human trafficked out of a country to get like get away. Wow, you've just been watching just feel good <laughs> movies. No all no week. no 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 no. This is not like it's not about that. That's the setup. But then they end oh, up Oh, it's actually in- a
1: dark comedy. <laughs>
0: no, they pick up the people that My that comedy. do
1: the that do the human trafficking.
0: No, no, no. They're trying to escape. and they like end weeds. up weeds. And she ends up by herself in a shipping container. And the shipping container gets thrown in a storm off of the ship. And now she's in a shipping container just bobbing in the ocean. And it's like castaway, basically. And she's got to like use what's in the shipping container to try to find a way to survive. Uh, so, cool idea. I love high concept movies like that. I guess. Uh, but... And then, and like, act two, where it's basically just, like, her figuring it out. And you're like watching the character like think through things, and you're thinking about what would I do, like that type of stuff. I fucking love. So act two was great, but there were other parts of the movie that just don't. It doesn't. It it gets a little beyond the pale. It doesn't really work. It's it's not cast away. I'll put it that way.
1: Yes, AJ? My, hand, my hands raised. I think Craig and I had the similar look on our face because I need a scientist to weigh in here.
2: Yeah, I feel like act two is you. You would do what everybody else would do, which
1: is drown, because yeah, our our shipping containers. <laughs> Built are they to, that buoyant? Like, are they buoyant? I don't know. There's air inside. The fuck do I know. Yeah, but it's not, not sealed. It's not like I mean, you'd have leakage and then you have sinkage and then you have no movie. You'd have leakage and then sinkage, or you would just lose oxygen. This whole th- what's in the shipping container with her, like a Fiat or like just like other people? <laughs> no, she's traffic? by
0: herself. That's part of the setup. And there's, then there's boxes of some things, and there's bullet holes in the shipping container, so that takes care of the oxygen.
2: Water does come into some of the bullet holes, but she tapes them up. And then... Taped it up, AJ. She taped it up.
1: She's got tape. And then there's other things to it. I would be... I would be <laughs> painting the inside of that fucking shipping container and I would die from the smell of my own vomit. Does she not get seasick? Uh, no, that's not really part of it. Oh, it'd be part of it if it were me. I'll tell you that much. God. Dude, imagine just bobbing <laughs> in a shipping container in the middle of where... I, Pacific Atlantic, Mediterranean. I no where I our- can't
2: imagine it's calm seas, AJ. Gulf of Mexico. We I don't need know. to
1: have... I'm gonna make (laughs) T-shirts. That's fantastic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is there any follow-up to that? (laughs) What are you talking about?
1: No, I just it's just gonna say hire a script supervisor. Like, get someone who's like, "Hey, okay, let me get a scientist involved." Is this like, what can this really fucking happen? And they'd be like, (laughs) "Absolutely not. That thing would sink faster than the fucking Her Majesty HMS Titanic." Anyway, the
0: point is. Cool idea. Decent second act. Movie doesn't really work, though. Sorry. It's a little too much. Heard, chef. Then I watched Lift, which was the Kevin Hart comedy about the plane heist thing. It's fucking awful. Then I watched... Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what is it? It's a heist movie where they have to steal gold from a plane in motion.
1: It's... I thought you said it was a stand-up about a, he- uh, about a heist. <laughs> no, no, no. Not even. Kevin Hart just happens okay. to star
0: in it. And then I watched a documentary on Netflix, The Greatest Night in Pop, which was excellent. It was a 90-minute doc about uh, the recording of the We Are the World uh, song with all the stars from that time. And so it's all the, like behind-the-scene footage. Cool. And they interviewed Lionel Richie because he was the one that helped put it together, helped get Michael Jackson involved, helped get Stevie Wonder involved. He like, kind of wrote the song and like, put it all together. Wow. He was at while he like had just left the Commodores and was starting his solo career and was like top of the charts. And they asked him to host the American Music Awards and they decided that the American Music Awards that night was the only chance they'd have all these artists in one place. So they did the recording overnight that night. So he had to host the entire American Music Awards, then go to the studio till five in the morning with all and wrangle all these stars to record this, this anthem that was ultimately going towards uh, helping with starvation in
2: Ethiopia. Yeah, but I mean, the cocaine budget alone must have been through the roof.
1: <laughs> I was get, th- Craig, the exact thing was like, is it just? Is there? There must be just fat lines of cocaine lines everywhere, mountains. This is 1985, my friend.
0: It's a good. It's a good doc. They interview Lionel Richie. They interview uh, the boss, Bruce Springsteen. They interview like a handful of people that were that were there. Huey Lewis. Um. And they just have tons of archival footage, like between takes and of them, like interacting and stuff. It's great. So, anyway, Greatest Night in Pop, recommend if you are a music buff or uh, uh, a history buff or both. Uh, Definitely fun to watch.
2: Or if you just want to see the uh, the outer boundaries of human limitations when on no sleep and a lot of cocaine. Yep, for sure.
1: Love that. Uh, Bill, you bought tickets? Tickets, yeah, tickets, yeah.
0: I always have tickets, tickets. here. Uh, I'm going to see Lisa Frankenstein. Oh, the wife of <laughs> Doctor
1: Frankenstein. <laughs> no, Sister of
0: Frankenstein. It's a, a rom com, I guess. It's from Diablo Cody, and I saw a headline from a review saying Diablo Cody is like back, so to speak. Um, so she wrote this one, and it's about uh, I think like a high school age girl who uh, bring back brings somebody back from the dead. It's like a reanimated corpse. Uh, that she takes on as her boyfriend, basically. It's supposed to be like a
1: weird Weekend of Bernie's comedy. Is it
2: supposed to be a play on Lisa Frank, like those folders that the girls would have in elementary school with like unicorns and shit on them? I don't know what Remember that is. Remember Lisa yeah, Frank? It had
1: like all the glitter on it and the fucking. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were shit. like the very
0: like bejazzled. I, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. But it's supposed to be good. So I'm excited for that. And then it's okay. another comedy I have a ticket to called Scrambled. And then I have a ticket to Madam Web, the next Marvel slash Sony endeavor. Ugh. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Looks like trash. I
0: don't know about What's that. What's Scrambled? Scrambled is about a woman in her like mid to late 30s. She's still single. She's deciding if she wants to like save her eggs in case she wants to have kids. It's like a comedy. Uh, I was going to make an egg joke. <laughs> it's eggs. it's about a eggs. comedy. It's comedy about that. Okay. So we'll see,
2: we'll
1: see about that tickets
2: boy am i looking forward to our next episode to talk really dig into these (laughs) films (laughs) it's gonna be great
1: craig take us away
0: thank you for listening to the should i go see it podcast please make sure to follow on instagram at should i go see it